Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Tahiti's not really a part of our, like, wheelhouse anymore in this show, huh? Yeah, that's true. Like, it doesn't really come up anymore. Like, that's disappointing. Project Framework. <laughs> I know. Should we change and <laughs> change the name of our, our podcast? Anyway, I am one of your hosts, Jess. This is Jared, the other voice. <laughs> On mic. Um, what's up? Uh, what are we doing here? This is episode two of of season four and it's great this is like such a good freaking episode oh my god for so many reasons and we get introduced to a new character that will be near and dear to our hearts or maybe it's another lincoln i don't know <laughs> well this is our 70th episode of oh, our whole, of the whole show it's kind of cool of, of us cool. i mean there have been a few less in shield but not not many we're about yeah the same. yeah we are almost the same that's crazy um i can't believe we're over halfway done with the show like it's bonkers. We did, it, we did it in a year. Like we did. That's pretty good. Pretty good. We've missed pretty very, good. very little. Yeah. Considering how often uh, shows I like, you know, I've missed stuff here and there. And mm-hmm. like, to be fair, although like the ones I'm thinking about, they're like more professional and not, not just fan stuff. Like when they've taken breaks, it's like, oh, one of the co-hosts is like had a child or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we haven't That's had like, like going on vacation for a week is the most I think we either of us yeah, have yeah. So it's like, like, yeah, it's not quite the same. I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, we've we've been pretty good chugging along. Yeah, and we've even we've released double episodes some weeks. So it's like all the movie coverage we've mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed uh, I'm that we've kept us. a good clip. We've only taken like three weeks off total or four weeks off total. Pretty yeah. Good. Yeah, it is not bad. Um, let's get right. Oh. Before we get started, we're part of the But Why Though podcast community. Be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their uh, website, But Why Though Podcast. Wait, But Why Though Podcast.com. Sorry, I'm having trouble. <laughs> um, we're super proud to be a part of their community. This is season four, episode two, titled Meet the New Boss, written by Drew Z. Greenberg, directed by Vincent Misiano, originally aired September 27th, 2016. <laughs> Um, let's get right into it. Unless we want to do a diversion. <laughs> got anything <laughs> yeah, to say before see. we start? <laughs> Last week we got we fit in everything in the first twenty minutes, and then only did like three five minute diversions after. Uh, Maybe we should so, space it out a little this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I'll I'll get one in with one of our new. Think I'll get one in there later on when he, when he shows up. Oh my god! All right, so let's get right into it. <laughs> The oh, if you don't remember from last week, the local gangs in LA are working for the watchdogs somehow, and Daisy is on their trail, and Robbie Reyes is somehow involved. And May got infected with the ghost shit, so she's seeing shit everywhere, and she's keeping relatively calm for now, which is good. Good job, May, but that's not gonna go well. <laughs> um, so we start off with this the ghost thing shows up in this little boy's room while he's sleeping and he wakes up and he's like what was that and then he walks out into the living room and she's waiting for him at the fireplace and he's like dad there's a ghost and dad comes out and she disappears obviously but she knocks a picture frame on the floor from the fireplace and he's like there's nothing there um don't worry about it and then he sees the broken picture frame on the floor and he goes to check it out and then the ghost shows up and she's like why are you in my house and he's like i swear it's not your house we lived here for a 
time. Um, and then she goes into the dad and then all of a sudden he sees his son as a creepy ghost dude. So he is now infected. He is ghost infected. I don't know what to call that. <laughs> um, and I think I didn't mention this last episode, but we have a new opening logo for shield. I know they change it like every season, but this logo looks so cool. Cause it's like fiery and like crackly and there's like ash and there's like the music is really like, I don't know. It's a little different. It's a little bit darker. It's like hellfire or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool looking. Um, but yeah, this music as as Robbie is like driving to work and his, he's like getting ready and getting in his car and driving to work. Like, God, it's so good. Um, Daisy is following him to work and they pass the wall art of Ghost Rider um, on the street. And um, Robbie sees Daisy's van as he pulls up to work and he's like, oh, great. He just kind of rolls his eyes and walks in. Um, meanwhile, uh, Fitz and Simmons are in the lab checking out the empty box that made everybody go insane and are like, I wonder what's in here. It just seems like an empty box. And, um, Simmons is like, yeah, an empty box that has energy readings off the charts. And Fitz suggests that something in the box is in a different quantum state. So they use like a non-visual light spectrum to see if there's anything in there and they find some weird advanced tech in there and they're like, oh shit, like, what is this? Um, and Mac walks in and apparently the dad from the opening scene showed up at the hospital and he's like, yeah, he says that they were uh, uh, affected by a ghost. There was a ghost in their house. And uh, Mac pulls up footage from the warehouse where the Chinese dudes were at. And there is a ghost there. So this ghost is real. <laughs> Um, May and Coulson are waiting on the director. If you remember from before, Coulson has to get a talking to because, um, you know, he went off on a little mission to find Daisy and wasn't supposed to do that. And May is super annoyed with all the waiting. Um, but Coulson's very understanding. He's like, you know, this is why what I don't miss about being director, all the meetings and the people that come in and want to talk to you. Like now we can just do what we want to do. And he says, Something like, well, at least the Zephyr is mine. At least they can't take that away, which I feel like is foreshadowing. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's basically famous last words. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like, well, Lucy's sick, so no one's going to take the football. And Lucy just running at you know, <laughs> knocked down Charlie Brown. It's like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Famous last words. So Robbie's at work and he, he keeps looking up as he's talking to customers and he sees that that brown van is still there and he grabs this tool and he goes and opens the doors if he's going to beat Daisy's head in, but she's not there. She's already inside the shop, like pretending that she knows him from like way back. She's talking to his, his buddy at the shop. Like about like grade school or like, like high. Yeah. Remember when we went to Garfield high, like blah, blah, blah. And she's showing off how much she knows about him and she's like yeah my i'm having trouble my van just randomly burst into flames i hear you're kind of an expert at that <laughs> she's just the her the dialogue between the two of them is amazing in this episode just because like she's like feeling him out and he's like getting super annoyed it and made me really really frustrated that the best romantic and like sexual chemistry she has with with an acting partner on this show it's all subtext yeah. They never actually go there. Yeah. And all the times she does are with the most either either, either manipulative and evil good looking white guys or just yeah. middle of the road bleh, white guys. Well, and it sucks because like that whole enemies to lovers trope is like so it's usually, you know, everybody does it. It's a trope for a reason. And I feel like that could have been really well done in this case. Like, well, yeah, because they're not like, because it's very much, especially with the superhero thing, it's like they're not real enemies. They're just fighting when they first meet so they can mm -hmm. team up eventually because of a misunderstanding. But mm -hmm. again, plot convenience when they mm -hmm. should be like, hey, 
you're doing something scary. I'm also a misunderstood pseudo scary monster <laughs> who, who scares people. You're exclusively beating up, you know, gangsters and neo-Nazis. Hmm, something evil about that. Like, no, come on, man. Like, like read between the lines, Daisy. <laughs> you guys are the same. And to be fair, too, he seems to sort of acknowledge it right off the bat, like that maybe they are the same. Like, like mm-hmm. he, he kind of tries to call it out. And, and yeah. I guess we can... Uh, use her goth identity crisis, you know, and and the the things that precipitated that as an excuse. But I think maybe I'm resistant to giving her that credit because that means I have to acknowledge her her feelings for Lincoln were real. Oh, God. <laughs> I wanted, would have rather just pretend that never happened instead of acknowledge that quote unquote tragedy. Well, it could still like, I mean, I don't know. I'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, he can still be like the worst and she can still have feelings for him and he can still be the worst. No, the absolutely true. We know it's true from a uh, real life of Logan. I was just going to say like, this is, this happens all the time. <laughs> like in real life. Um, and so she's like, still, she's talking loud enough so that the other dude in the shop can hear. And she's like, I've seen a side of him that most people haven't. And it's just all of this, like, you know, subtext double double double, yeah and she brings up his uncle and then he gives her this look and he threatens her and he's like oh looks like your car is fixed it was just a loose hose and she quakes some part on her car and she's like oh it starts smoking and she's like oh guess we need to fix that so obviously she has more time to talk to him (laughs) he just looks at her like with daggers in his eyes he's like not having it um and we finally get to meet the new director. So uh, May and Coulson are walking down the hallway to the office and there's this bodyguard in the hallway and May is just looking at him. She's like, move. And he doesn't move. And Coulson's like, he's not moving. And then he's like, director, blah, blah, blah. They are here. And so they walk in and he's uh, Jeffrey Mace, who is the director, is surrounded by all these people. And he's like, oh, hello, Philip. <laughs> and all of a sudden, already I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, and Coulson gives this him this look like, oh, God. Um, and they he, uh, he clears the room so that the, the three of them can talk. And he starts talking, you know, Coulson has this whole speech. He's like, oh, I'm going to you know, apologize. And Mace just cuts him off. And he's like, no, no, I get it. Like, she was your friend. Like, I understand why you are so wrapped up in this. But Daisy is bad PR for S.H.I.E.L.D. Because <laughs> um, they're going to reveal that S.H.I.E.L.D. is officially like a government entity again, and, uh, soon at some point. And um, it doesn't look good to have like a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent on the loose, like uh, robbing banks and causing <laughs> havoc, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then he asks Agent May to leave because he's like, I have something private that I need to talk to Coulson about. And she gets up to leave. And then she sees Mace's face as that like scary ghosty thing. And then he says that he has a special assignment for Coulson, which is not what, special. And, and like, it's one of those horror movie-esque moments too, like when she sees him with the weird ring filter face thing, because he's, he, I think at that moment, he's like, I'm going to have to keep my eye on you. Or you're- yeah. <laughs> super crazy bleeding black goo and she's and she's just like does like a like <laughs> it, if you change the soundtrack it would be comedic like her like yeah. double take reaction like what yeah no, okay fine i'm good <laughs> like she shakes it off like uh never mind <laughs> yeah, I better not- nothing's wrong here we're all good everyone we are okay how are you <laughs> i get i i get it. i'm not criticizing the plot point but it just feels like it's so it's something that we see so often in not in this show specifically, but in genre shows when someone has something like this going on, like I get that she's scared and everything, but what she ends up doing, like go to 
like if if you can't trust Gemma because you're a little bit paranoid right now around her, go to Fitz, you know? Yeah. And be like, hey, Fitz, I think I'm possessed by something that's making me see crazy shit. Like, it's like, 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 like yeah. I get that there's like the survival thing where it's like, oh, I'm afraid I'll die or whatever. It's like, well, that's why you get help from the people who you know you're going to end up helping you eventually when everything goes to the worst possible, you know, point. I and, know. And every time they always like, you, oh, I'm not going to tell them I have the zombie bite. Oh, I'm not going to tell them I got infected or whatever. It's like, just, <laughs> just tell them, guys. Like, just. I know. May is, I feel like May is probably hoping it's just going to go away, that she's just, you know, I don't even know what. What what would I do if I started seeing people with ring filter faces? Like, yeah, no, it's- <laughs> I would probably like start screaming and cry and be like, "I'm seeing things, please lock me up." <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's definitely true. And they have a little bit more lead their situation, but they're still supposed to be the more grounded, you know, yeah. side of this stuff. So I feel like call. it's interesting too because, like, clearly everybody else who saw this ghost thing went completely nuts it's really a testament to may's like training and her ability to keep cool that she's even acting somewhat normal at this point that's a really good so call. she's probably they all killed fight- their best friends right yeah <laughs> the- she's probably fighting the crazy like the crazy is just under the surface she's probably just fighting it and i don't know like if you can like separate i mean obviously this is fiction so you can do whatever the fuck you want but maybe like <laughs> At this point, like she can't separate that that's like not something that should be happening. Like she's not self-aware enough because she's too that's fighting really the crazy good, off too hard. I, I, I like that. <laughs> that's a really good reason for her to fall fall prey to that trope. It's not because she doesn't want to get in trouble or whatever. It doesn't want them to just kill her or, or whatever irrational thing stops most people from being like, oh, I got bit by the zombie, even though they're yeah. sci-fi superhero headquarters. <laughs> like I do. I think that makes sense that she's just like, it's because she's not killing everyone. Like, like she has, she's, she's fighting it off to be as sane as possible. And that's yeah. a, it's gotta be a lot of energy and, 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 you know, mental focus enough to distract her from, from the logical conclusion that, Oh, they could probably help me. And instead she's just trying to like fight it as long as she can. Like, yeah, not, not, not thinking about <laughs> anything beyond that probably. Yeah. And yeah, this is weird. Like I said, you, they wrote this shit. They could do whatever they want, but like, this is my head cannon. To I think that makes perfect like sense. Cause she is the strongest <laughs> character we've seen. She is the, the strongest show. Avenger. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, definitely in the show, if not the entire MC, MCU's multiverse and yeah. she, uh, is not killing everybody, which, yeah, they all did, which so. yeah, absolutely. That's evidence of your theory, I think being true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, where do we go? Oh, we're back in the lab. I didn't put the location, whatever. Um, <laughs> Mac, I'm assuming they're back in the lab. Mac, uh, Simmons and Fitz are in the lab and they're trying to figure out this ghost situation. So Fitz and Simmons are Fitzsimmons. Once again, they're spouting off all this science stuff. And Mac is like, well, maybe she's just a ghost. That was my and favorite I, part. <laughs> <laughs> and Gemma kind of looks at him with this like condescending smile. She's like, that's also a theory. That's fine. Like, Good job. Like, they, pat, they pat him on the head. <laughs> they, they bring up a guy from the first season from Repairs, I think, was the, was the, mm. the, the name of the episode. And it was a dude. Yes, that was trapped in between dimensions. Yeah, Tobias something. Yeah, yeah. I forgot and, about that. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he isn't from the comics. He only appeared in that one episode. And at the end, like, they let him go. But he let go of, like, his attachment to his girlfriend or whatever. And he, like disappeared i think mm-hmm. he was trapped in the dimensions it seemed like he was haunting her but he wasn't real he was yeah just 
stuff. They mentioned that? I didn't even catch that. Yeah, like like she Damn. throws that out as her first like 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 maybe it's something maybe maybe it's like cross dimensional and she mentions his name and then Fitz uh-huh. said something else. And then that's when he says, maybe she's just a ghost. And I'm like, <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> but what's great is slight spoiler they're both they're all right like they're right <laughs> trapped in between dimensions but they're also ghosts and there are just straight up like supernatural shit this season so yeah it's all correct matt all gets to be it. right yep. <laughs> i just think it's funny how when it's always the three of them like they get caught up doing science shit and mac tries to ground the situation and Gemma always like makes makes fun of him somehow like <laughs> It's it's pretty funny. I um, really wish that later on in the season, though, he would like rub it in. I don't think he gets a chance to. It's oh, like, hey, that's hey, also a theory. Huh? Remember how there's no ghost, but we just hung out with a guy who made a deal with the devil. <laughs> like, who will watch his face melt away and grow back? He's not an inhuman. Explain. Like, how am I stupid? Sorry. Uh, like, it's like I have, I have a fairly like I'm respectful of people's opinions and whatnot, but like I also know what I believe. So I feel like I'm inherently a little bit condescending in my feelings about like people who are very religious and I don't want to be like, I want to be more open-minded, but I don't think that stuff's real. So it's hard not, it's hard to take it super seriously. But if a ghost showed up and a dude that made a deal with the devil right. face if, melts off with flame in the Marvel universe, <laughs> if Thor's hanging around, I believe in shit. I didn't believe in before. If I know <laughs> Norse gods are real, I'm re- I'm like, oh, hmm, who? Let's see. <laughs> like that guy created thunder because his goats, you know, flew through <laughs> the sky so loud. That's the sound of thunder. Okay. To be yeah, fair, supernatural. Like that's like, oh, he's an alien. That's fine. He comes from a different planet. But like, supernatural stuff hasn't been like brought up in this quite yet. yet. Yeah. So like, 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 it's fair. You're right. They did. They dance around. <laughs> uh until dr strange but that's also like until we meet him but all that shit's have been happening yeah and actually i think dr strange came out at the beginning like sometime around this time like when the least if i'm not mistaken so it was like i believe you're correct and yeah. they reference him in winter soldier when they're going through the list of people on the what do you oh. call it on the watch list which shouldn't be the case i believe we brought it up when we covered that <laughs> <laughs> What's his face mentions it in a list of like people of interest. Um, yeah, but, uh, sit well, Jasper. Sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very interesting. Um, so anyway, uh, Fitz has checked out the alloy of, that the box is made out of, and he tracked it down to three labs, and they are all closed down. One of the labs happens to be in Pasadena, and Mac is like, "Wait, wait, wait! The family of the dad who went nuts lives in Pasadena, so they're gonna go check it out." But Simmons can't come because she's like stuck with an assignment from the director, and apparently she's giving a tour, which is a great use of her time. And apparently, uh, Mace's special assignment to Coulson was to give a tour, also. Um, and his excuse is that Coulson is the expert on all things Shield, and Mace absolutely is not. And so he's like, "This is your wheelhouse, not mine. Like you're good at this. Like please do this." Um. And he's also like, which I love this jab at just comic book stuff in general and the show in general, because it's like, okay, we have, where does all this money come from? So he's like, yeah, I don't seem to have the anonymous unlimited funding to build billion dollar airplanes like you did. So I got to get money from the UN and from the the house of the house appropriations committee. So this is what this tour is coming from house members. Um, which is like, thank you for bringing it up and, you know, making it real. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., as usual. 
Um, we go to the lab in Pasadena, which is called Momentum Labs, and the ghosty lady is wandering around in the room, and there's something that's up and running in a closed lab, which is strange, and she turns something off, and there's another one of those boxes. Actually, there's five of them that are in the room, and the box opens, and another ghost comes out, and apparently they know each other, and the dude is like, what did he do to us? And they've been in these boxes for years, apparently, not days. As the dude, the new ghost. Yeah, the guy's like, like, blah, blah, blah. We could have been in there for days. And she's like, ha, 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 days? It's been years. Like, she's yeah. like, <laughs> she's, she, it's good special effects, but like on some level, like they are just like classic Hollywood ghosts. Yeah. So like they look like <laughs> the guys from Haunted Mansion. And I know Man, you know, it's like, like it, it's not again not a criticism like like it's great it's perfect shorthand because whether yeah. this is especially like especially as you've mentioned like we're really easing into magic as a concept on the show right now mm-hmm. like this is the whole I, I believe i mentioned it before on the podcast but the whole cliche of it i know i've seen it in a million comic books and dr strange you know stories and whatnot but in both i've seen it in both perspectives of, of a scientist being condescending to a magician mm-hmm. and a magician being condescending to a super scientist but like mm-hmm. science is just another form of magic right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just another form of science and like it's the same thing like, like it's like you're just manipulating energy and it's just gibberish because because they are they're both whether it's science fantasy or science fiction that's the thing that makes it that that you know I don't know, but once you're once you're past the actual speculation part, you're just making shit up. <laughs> it, yeah. it is just magic, whether you call it science or you call it fantasy yeah. or whatever. It's still magic because it doesn't exist in this world yet. <laughs> well, and it's like, what is not magic about in humans or X Men? Your DNA is different, so Storm can control all weather <laughs> phenomenon. Like, there's so many things in weather phenomenon. She can control the temperature of stuff. She can create electricity. She can control like, – like, it's insane. And then yeah. Daisy, like, she can yeah. move the earth. She she also has vibration powers, but it seems like it's maybe a little bit of, like – Everything. With the, with the world breaker <laughs> thing coming up, it seems like it's actually tied maybe to, like, tectonic plates and stuff as yeah. well. Plus, like you said, she could use that vibration power as telekinesis for everything. She could pick <laughs> stuff up, close a door, keep a door closed without breaking it somehow. What earthquake could do that? <laughs> Localized earthquake. I love that, though. Like it's, it's the same thing in every form of fiction. Like right now, uh, a, a week ago when this episode will come out, uh, people are really like bagging on someone who said this is a cool scene. I think I think it might be from Justice League. I don't know. I don't. It might be from from the big battle scene at the end of Wonder Woman. But it's something with Wonder Woman from the DC films swinging on a lightning bolt with her lasso. Oh, I think it's the trailer that just came out for next for the next Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, for the new one. Oh, that explains it because I was like, I haven't seen this yet, but someone was saying it's cool, <laughs> and a bunch of people were like bagging on it, like a bunch of like. It seems like just dude. Her, her lasso is called the lasso of truth. Come on, <laughs> yeah, she's she's the goddess of truth. It, yeah. it, for the past like twenty years, her dad has been Zeus. Originally, she's just magic. Either way, but her dad is the is the god of lightning. Yeah, I had no problem. It's like 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 yeah. she's swinging on lightning. You're cool with this? It's like yes, I am. I discovered this stuff when Batman and Robin were walking up the side of a wall. You know. <laughs> 66 Batman cartoon and it, it, at eight years old I knew that the camera was just turned on inside like I wasn't <laughs> like, like there was no, no one was tricking me and I was still just like laughing and loving it it was the best thing I'd ever seen and, and I stand by it like that's still my favorite Batman movie unironically it's the most fun 
and I don't. I just don't even care. <laughs> I can't understand why someone can how someone can possibly be cool with Thor as a concept. Or fuck that Iron Man. Right? Like, if you can handle Iron Man, how is she swinging on lightning bolts? How does Tony Stark not die <laughs> all the time? How is yeah. he? How is he? He has yeah. a fucking nuclear thing in his chest. He's dead. Dead yeah. man. He's n- not alive. Sorry. He cancer. <laughs> she just died of, from an infection from doing that thing, that procedure in a in a desert, you know, yeah. whatever, in a in cave. In a non-sterile environment. Yeah, that's times. it. That's all it is. You can't put in a pacemaker in a, in a fucking uh, snake hole or whatever. Like, you're going you're gonna to die. Sorry. He's dead. Like, that's it. It's just like the whole Batman thing. Like, oh, Nolan's Batman super realistic. Does his, is his face covered up with a bulletproof helmet? Oh, no, then it's not realistic because he'd be dead day one. <laughs> like, like, also, so, like, <laughs> the idea of, like, some type of machine keeping shrapnel f- from shredding his heart to pieces. Like, there's other tissues around your heart where the shrapnel is that you also kind of need, like, your lungs and your aorta. Yeah, all his vascular, like, everything. <laughs> like, 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 not to mention the shrapnel, damage. Like, well, he can't feel anything. just chilling there, like, it can still do a lot of damage that would kill you. <laughs> like, just because it's not in your heart. <laughs> he can't feel anything or breathe, but his heart aces. Yeah, no, no it's problem. like <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I, uh, I I we we do give them a lot of hard time on on the show for 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 Daisy's powers. Yeah. It's all ridiculous. Yeah, but it's, it's just a good fun. Like, yeah. It's fun to point it out. It's fun to point it out. I think at this point too, uh, because I think they hit. We've we've praised it a bunch in the previous episode and in this episode about the special effects for Ghost Rider. But I, I think that they've hit a point where they're just really, really good. Like they don't really do a lot of that crappy ish or the worst of their level of special effects. I feel like like there's some level of putting an end to it. Like yeah. maybe some of the sets you can still tell it's a smaller budget or whatever in, in the when they're spoiler in the future and in space and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. uh that's just the way it's gonna be. Overall, I think though, they're very impressive and I and I, I'm yeah. I'm happy with it, and I yeah. Part of that is having a willing suspension of disbelief. I just don't understand why are you going to see a Spider-Man movie if you're not going to go in with a willing suspension of disbelief? <laughs> How did you grow up watching Empire Strikes Back and seeing a man talk to a puppet and taking it seriously? And now yeah. you're trying to tell me you have a problem with with CGI not looking real? It's like yeah, you know, Yoda looks real in that he has a real shadow, but you also know that Frank Oz is standing in a weird hole in that <laughs> building under him. <laughs> With his hand, like literally, like, you know what I mean? Like it's so bizarre. It's like nobody thinks he's a real person, so you're yeah. using your imagination either way. <laughs> oh Lord, just the internet just loves to pick things apart. And to be fair, we have been picking things apart on this the show about that's true. Shield, but it's you know it's just us it's either in good fun or, hate, fun or of it. Yeah. <laughs> one of the two. Right. <laughs> And I think it's fair to talk about when stuff pulls you out of your willing suspension of disbelief because it's oh, like, for sure. oh, like that was weird. Like that didn't go along with what we're used to, the quality that we're used to seeing. So, oh, yeah. Because sometimes stuff is jarring. You know, and if a yeah. special is, is so good throughout all the movie and in the last battle or whatever, like they don't look like they're in the same plane of existence right? as one another. <laughs> like, like, like that has happened a couple times. Right. Mm-hmm. and that's why not everything's perfect and and like yeah. we've said millions of times i think like we're we're of the an agreement that like it's good to be critical of stuff that we do enjoy like it's mm-hmm. not it doesn't mean you hate everything about it even if you do hate one part of it or if you, or if you just have something negative to say about a part of it yeah we're just i mean we love the show obviously we're doing a whole podcast about it we've been doing it for over a year <laughs> like we love the show yeah uh, i think about it, as much as anyone we like yeah 
Oh my god. Um, where are we at? Oh yeah, we stopped it with the ghosties talking about how long they've been in the boxes. Yeah. Um, and yes, I did write ghosty in like every single part of my notes here because that's what they were to me when I was watching this. Um, anyway, back to Daisy and Robbie. Daisy wants to know what Robbie knows because somehow his quote vengeance has put him on the same track as her, and she thinks that he's an inhuman. He's like. I am not the same as you. I sold. He says he sold his soul to the devil, and Daisy's like, "Okay." <laughs> doesn't he? Doesn't he even ask her? Or he says something when they're doing the fight in the first episode at the climax. Doesn't he say something like, "You got the devil in you too," or yeah, evil in, he does. Or evil like, in as, you. As soon as she quakes at him, he's like, "Oh, you have the devil in you too." Like he thinks that they're the same in that sense. But she, right, and she she thought it was maybe a metaphor or something. She didn't mm-hmm. realize how literal. He he like literally sold his soul to the devil. Um, and she's like, oh, I thought you were, yeah, just speaking in metaphors. Guess not. And, well, and um, they, didn't, this, oh, yeah. they didn't show the scene, but they do. There is a scene. Yeah, there's a coming, flashback scene, I think, coming up. Yeah, and like maybe the next episode. I I, I know it's soon because it's in the mm-hmm. first half of this season. But uh, and, and it seems to be like it's interesting because it seemed like it was actually like passed down to him from the guy who Nicolas Cage played. And because of the way they right? frame it, like it could be <laughs> Nicolas Cage because they, they don't show his face. Yeah. But it's like so it, it makes it more fucked up to me because like in that version of this, the, in this version, Johnny Blaze like is a white dude who has this curse who's just like encounters this kid. And at some point is like, hey, 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 you want to take my deal from the devil for, with the devil from me? Like you want to take this on? It's like, yeah, even if he, in, unless he's tricked, it's not really nefarious. It's not really any worse. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. Like this yeah. makes it kind of, kind of <laughs> fucked up. It's <laughs> like he paid him off or something. It's like, it's like he outsourced his curse, his curse to the devil or whatever. It's like, sweet. It's, here comes this brown kid. I can yeah, pawn this off it on makes him. It <laughs> fucked up. It's like, I've been doing this since the seventies kid. And uh, yeah, I'm Nick Cage. I'm crazy, but it's really tiring. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you think? I can give you the same deal I have with the devil. It's like, and what's the deal? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. You, you get to have your face melt off every once yeah. in a while, and you get to have vengeance on on people. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> like, unless I'm getting like riches oh, and stuff. And... It's so weird. It's so weird. But it's like it, I believe it. It works. <laughs> like Gabriel no, Luna sells it. <laughs> he does. He delivers it all with such conviction and the special effects are good enough. And like again, I think they're better than the movie because the other movie like they overthought it. Yeah. I recently saw a shot of Nick Cage in like his like makeup and whatnot like like pre-cgi and like he has like almost like neon like white face paint and like dark circles around his eyes and around his like nose and mouth like he just looks crazy it's amazing and he's making like the craziest nicholas cage faces but like like it it's it accentuates that like they were like well because of the hellfire around his face you know the leather should constantly be like melting and popping and bubbling like around him. So like it's like charred all like his jacket is like charred all around the collar and everything. It's like it's like that's just overthinking it because like in the comics yeah. too, it's only supposed to burn sinners. Like it's not supposed to hurt things. Like that's why he can pick up a kitten in the cartoon. It's funny. <laughs> Um, I think I don't know if it was. I think it was the last episode. There's a shot of the car. Um, engine that's like outside of the car that's on yeah. top the intake valves um, where they are they look like they're melted and so maybe that's like 
I don't know, homage to the film of like, <laughs> yeah, because I think it looks really cool on that stuff. But I feel like Robbie looks cooler with his stuff intact, mm-hmm. and the fi- it doesn't make it look less real. Which I think that the reason why they added it in, in addition, to dark and cool and edgy, it's probably came from a place of like thinking about it, like how to make it look real. But it's like I think this looks fine. It's never gonna look real because you're never gonna. Have a- perpetually burning skull man walking around <laughs> like, like like our brains are you're never gonna fool our brain to think it oh yeah that's how that should look right? <laughs> like, well i saw a burning skull man the other day and that is like <laughs> oh man that reminds me of every 11 group of 11 year old boys i've ever met there's always uh-huh. one of them who's like my dad knows that guy. That's not true. <laughs> like, like, I've, seen, I've seen six different burning skull men and none of them look like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my like, god! I love you. That kid's gonna be a future politician. <laughs> like yep. he instantly knows everything. Yep. Full of shit. So full of shit. <laughs> so after Robbie tells Daisy that he sold his soul to the devil, and she's like, "Okay, crazy." He's like, "I've got nothing to lose." Or she asked him, "Why? Like, what are you doing?" He's like, well, I've nothing to lose. Like, whatever. And oh, and that's when she pushes his buttons, right? Yeah, she brings up his brother Gabe and Canelo, the dude, in, the other dude in the shop, leaves, and Robbie is just staring at her, and he's mad now. And so Ghost Rider shows up, like his eyes turn <laughs> to flames, his face melts off, and Daisy quakes at him, but her broken arms are hurting her, and he just punches her in the face, and she goes down real quick. <laughs> um. And Piper and May meet up in the hallway and Piper calls May ma'am and May is like, what? Why are you calling me that? Just call me May. And she's like, okay, uh, Colson wants or blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't and remember. Was it was just an interesting interaction because there was something about her exchange too, where she says, uh, she, she said, you know, I can, I, I, I can do May, she said. And then she corrected herself because May, like, still, she didn't give like a dirty look, but she's kept look, she kept the same sustained, stern expression. Mm-hmm. And she says, I can do that, May. And like clarified, where instead of saying, I can do May, like in the abstract, she, she actually called her May in the conversation. Yeah. But given future knowledge, isn't Piper a lesbian woman? She is. In real life, I don't Do know if establish she is in the, the characters? show. Knowing that she is in real life, it made me wonder if she was rephrasing it not to be cl- to, to be clear that I'm addressing you as May, but to clarify, I didn't mean to say speak <laughs> with you because that's a little presumptuous. Because on some level, I I had assumed that the character was queer as well. It was like, oh, that's kind of cute and flirty and weird, but uh, yeah, but like that's it. that's true. I didn't even catch that. That's funny. I hope- so I, I'd like to think of it on both levels. Yeah, I don't think that she's canonically queer in the show, at least not yet. Yeah, it feels like the, if the, I feel like they maybe haven't established like like we know that Davis has a has a wife and he mm-hmm. and and they 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 like fuck around like like she they their work spouses like best mm-hmm. friends like she get, she gives him guff all the time, but mm-hmm. a lot of it's about his relationship but i can't think of anything specifically of him like giving her guff about a man or a woman you know what i mean like she's she's in this season a lot so we'll have to look out for that because yeah she's in the I next think, several seasons like yeah. it seems like more and more and more like i know that she and davis are both like major characters in the most mm-hmm. recent season so it feels like it it should have the opportunity to come up if it doesn't come up that's i it's kind of lame that if she, if she hasn't been out in the show I feel like she hasn't been because I feel like we would have we would have we would have remembered and we would have talked so about too. it by now. Um, but it's in, that that kind of sucks if this is just like part of her dialogue, kind of like putting it out there that she's 
queer and the show like doesn't pick up on it and like let it run like well, well that's, i don't like her way of <laughs> well i don't think that they're as bad as a lot of people and i know that the no one involved like directly is i think doing it from that awful awful place there's still so many people so many hands of like a studio and network uh so and so many old conservative white dudes that are involved like, i just read a thing Especially from a comic author <laughs> yeah and i just i just read a thing from a comic author who has been a bunch of stuff at marvel and who uh introduced a trans character in squirrel girl who i don't think was like it's like it's all very like it, it, on the page but it's also like not explicitly ever said unfortunately like like, like they show the character wearing a, a binder like, like it's like it's it's something mm. that's like very very uh, obviously there yeah but for whatever reason because it is like an all-ages book and there's you have this stupid prejudice that says oh it's got to be more than all ages different if you include that it's like because that's so there stupid. are no children that are trans ever right it's <laughs> and like at the same time they just did their disney show thing about like marvel heroes they just did one about like a 13 year old trans girl it's like and that's so great but it's like don't have your cake and eat it too guys like yeah. you can't have it both ways you can't exclude the actual creator's experiences and the yeah. characters from appearing in the actual media and 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 then pat yourselves on the back because you do something that's awesome but like you have to actually include them in your products as well yeah. and in their media so that people can see themselves and this is awesome for the real life girl rebecca who had this happen but it's like it's not it's, on, it's, it's only same, for her yeah. and, and well it's not only for her because she because they're sharing it but it's like it's still not she's not a character who's in the shows and the movies and in the comics yeah. and, and, yeah. and she should be <laughs> frankly yeah. but uh no i was gonna say that, that basically this author said like he showed an example of a comic book and it, he said specifically it wasn't marvel anyone and said that they've never been that bad but where he wanted to say something explicitly and they said you have to change this and make this indirect you can keep it you can keep it as an indirect hint you just can't but you can't explicitly have this these you know two teenage girls be gay or whatever and because it's a warner brothers cartoon or because or whatever and it wasn't i don't know i, I don't know if it was one I, I wouldn't think it would be a problem with them because of some of their stuff like mm -hmm. both both warner brothers and disney are better at their kids cartoons than they are with their, their like major stuff, stuff. Yeah. yeah and with their major like studio stuff and there's something very telling about that that on ducktales they can sneak in a character with two dads and get away with it and the people involved because it's under the radar enough everyone who comes across it are they are younger and open-minded enough like yeah I, i'm absolutely okay with that but if it had yeah. to go to their superiors it wouldn't be and that's yeah. stupid because and like what do we do we just have to wait for them all to fucking die is that the only yeah. way it's gonna get better <laughs> i feel like that's where we're at at this when point, the people who honest. are currently in charge at all these corporations at a lower level who have been hired because they've worked their fucking asses off and worked yeah. against white supremacy their whole lives. We can't have to wait until they're the only ones left. Like it's just like that's it's, it sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. And it requires all those people to keep working under that system indefinitely until those people die. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sorry for that digression. It's a bummer. <laughs> it is. It's frustrating. Um, but yeah, I do feel like um I do feel like Piper is not out in the show to bring it back to shield because I really do feel like I, we would have noticed that by now. We haven't gotten <laughs> to her enough for it to come up, but I think you're right. I remember. I mean, even in season six, like I don't, I, can, yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't finished it, but I don't recall anything in the first that I've seen of her. Well, it feels like all her pathos, like a relationship or anything. So. Yeah. I feel like all her pathos is about her friendship with Davis and his, and concern for his real life stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Which is cool, and it's, I, I love their relationship and friendship. I'm glad that they show that, but it's mm -hmm. like, man, if 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 that she's if she's not if she's canonically straight, 
that's a, a missed opportunity for sure too. And if mm-hmm. they've just never shown it, that's really yeah. silly. It's really silly. Um, it's funny that – so you took that away from this conversation. I took a, away that May is still – she's trying to accept her role as not being – like commander or whatever. Like, I mean, she has this team that's like, Oh, should I call you sir? Commander or whatever. But she is still like psychologically grappling with the idea that Gemma is like her superior, I think. And so she's trying to be like, Oh no, it's fine. Just call me may like whatever. They're more on the same level. I think that's a good, I think that's that's where I took it. (laughs) I I think that that makes sense. That doesn't have to be exclusive, like interpretation. Like those, those seem like they jive because yeah, I I think that makes sense. It's her motivation. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, and she could have still used that as a way to awkwardly flirt because, hey, man, (laughs) if you had a chance to like, like right now she's unattached. and I don't know. I guess it's assuming that Piper's character wouldn't know all the details about Lash and and Andrew and everything because some of that might be classified, I would think. Well, now it's probably classified. It wasn't last season because everybody was i mean there was much shield left (laughs) true but i I feel like 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 if she if she if i don't think it'd be crazy and sensitive for someone in her position to flirt with uh may and i feel like if you didn't think she was gonna kick your ass (laughs) i shoot my shot man (laughs) like come on she's amazing Oh, I agree. Um, so May runs into Colson and Mace is giving this tour. Um, and uh, May uh, is May. still seeing ghosts. Like she's seeing Colson as a ghost. She's seeing all the people as ghosts and she's still holding it together somehow. It does seem and, like she's seeing it more frequently, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, you're right. Having, like she's still she's keeping a harder composure. Time. Um, so she goes to the Chinese dude that's in containment and she's like, I see it. Like, how do I help them? And he's like, you can. He starts banging <laughs> his head against the door. And she's like, oh, shit. And then Simmons shows up and she puts like tranquilizing gas into the room and he like knocks out. And then she turns around and May is gone. And she's like, oh, shit. Like, it's just like this crazy ass moment. Well, I think that that scene is what made me like before like mentioned the stuff about may not asking for help from someone like Gemma. It's like mm-hmm. the hurt that she went to him, but who knows like with the magic curse thing, they did all kill each other and they all had it. Like maybe she's drawn to him and on some level, yeah. like he's the only one who didn't get, didn't die or, or, you know, hasn't completely become a rabid lunatic yet. Yeah. So there on some level I get her going to like, like, like it's justifiable. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a bummer, but it happens in all these stories <laughs> where it's just like, Hey man, and and it's not quite the same as the vampire zombie thing because in yeah. those situations they know what's going to happen. Like we're yeah, going to be yeah. selfish by not doing, by not saying something. She's just like you pointed out, freaking out and probably <laughs> fighting her ass off to not kill everybody. Like just sh- not show that she's freaking out and kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Which man? Oh man, trying to think like like of times like you've been high like around. Oh my god, right? Or school or whatever. <laughs> like, it's I'm like uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's I'm, high I'm, here i'm not high no, nobody's <laughs> eyes are totally bleeding crazy black blood like like they're the monster girl from the ring no, i'm not seeing anything not happening at all nope, why did nope. you even bring that up colson what are you talking about <laughs> i didn't bring up anything uh who did who brought that up again <laughs> like, definitely oh wasn't me God. i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. Um, so we go to see to uh, we go to the Quinjet where Mac and Fitz are just complaining about the, all the administrative stuff that they have to do now. And Mac is like, Man, I'm a mechanic, not an accountant, too many numbers. <laughs> and Fitz is like, You're an engineer and a small tank. <laughs> Which made me laugh so hard. Oh, it's a really good laugh. Um, and then Mac talks about something. He's like, Yeah, like I can't tell if there's medication missing in the inventory like burnt out and i'm seeing things which we know that there's medication missing but hmm, that'll come up later um and apparently so fit starts asking mac about yo-yo and apparently they skype every so often so it seems like they are in communication other than their check-ins um which is interesting that mac is still trying to be kind of distant what's going on there um, he's, he's, he's he just doesn't want to take it i feel like we find out this season and i'm just remembering a little bit of maybe a reason why he's not even acknowledging he's saying it's because of all business and he does the same shit in season six, but it's always to protect himself mm-hmm. because of all the loss he's faced. Yeah. Like we find, and he almost lost her last season because she took a bullet for him. Right. Like, and, but we don't know the details about his daughter. No, until, we don't. until the framework, right? Well, it, it gets brought up in another episode, like in a couple episodes, I think he has like a phone call with his ex-wife or something. Oh, and Yo-Yo thinks so they that set it like, up. Yo-Yo thinks that he's like, you know, on, you know, has a lady on the side or something like that. And he's like, no, it's like the anniversary of my daughter's death or something like that. And, so well, and they never hinted directly, but I've always felt like the dialogue with him and his brother in that episode with the watchdogs introduction, like there was a hint at loss beyond their parents. Like, yeah. like and they, they never say it directly, but it also makes sense that like if you're trying to give your brother bullshit about not taking care of your mom or whatever <laughs> like, like you probably don't be like hey remember when your daughter died right i would never do that to my brothers <laughs> like, yeah, like, that that's a really sh- that's a whole level that you don't touch like right. there's good shitty. reason why that didn't yeah. come up even when vindictive or whatever it's yeah. like that's that's what you do when you say i never want to talk to you again. yeah for real. that's but, what daisy would have said to him if she would have known ooh. like you're a shitty brother oh. and you Remember when your daughter died? Like so <laughs> she would have thrown that in there. <laughs> I'm so glad that we and she, by you know, by extension, didn't know that at that time. I know that would have that would have made it what was already an emotionally rough scene, like the most heartbreaking scene on the I show. I know. Oh my god! Ugh. Just don't don't kick poor Mac while he's down. Just leave him alone. Anyway, but, that didn't but, happen, so it's fine. <laughs> but I, 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 <laughs> the stress, why was it? Why was it so mean in our fantasy? No, uh, we just remembered it. Uh, I, I think that you're absolutely right uh, about him still keeping the distance. And I think that on some level, it's like you just said, because she almost died. Like yeah. it's probably reminding him of losing someone important to him. Oh, and yeah. it's like, and, and hey, what's the best way to not lose someone important to him is for never to become that important. Like yeah. cut, her, cut her off before it gets, but it it's already like, gotten there. Come on, you love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like Daisy's Daisy's doing the exact same thing. She's like keeping everybody she loves at, at arm's length because, you know, if you don't, if you don't have anybody you love, you can't lose anybody. Oh, that's she lost Lincoln. So it's like, here's another theme going throughout this episode of like oh, the th- distance. It's, it's the theme going throughout the season. Cause that's what Gemma's doing to try to keep everyone safe yeah. from the new director and the new policies is to keep them out of the loop. So she doesn't yeah. have to tell him. This but is what the director's doing. Out of the loop. Yeah. Director's doing it to Coulson because he's like, you know, trying to keep him safe from essentially from himself because of his attachments. We'll get to that in a second. Cause I think that comes up in the end of this episode, but yeah. And um, Nikki, you said May is doing, it to try to separate herself so she can like 
accept that she's a subordinate or whatever. It's interesting. Yeah. Everybody's doing it on some level. Last Maybe Fitz, Fitz is doing it because they've cut him out. Well, he's just accepting it. Yeah. So he's diving into his work with robos and whatnot. <laughs> um, I was expecting you to say Radcliffe, not robos. <laughs> I was really confused when you said that. It's like, what? <laughs> Robocliff. Uh, <laughs> Robocliff. Um, yeah, it seems like last season, at least the second half, was very much focused on vengeance and guilt and stuff like that. And this is focused on like this whole like protecting people or protecting yourself and thinking you're protecting others. It's very interesting. By, by, um, by putting them at arm's length. Yeah. Um, so we go back to Daisy. She's tied up in the office of the shop. And um, Robbie's like, you know, this is weird. This is different. I've never been caught before. And um, he's like, he, he talks to Daisy about how she he knows that she wants to die just based on their conversation their first conversation when he was turned into ghostwriter and so he's looking through all her stuff and he's looking for proof that she deserves to die and um and he's like yeah you, you know if i if i find proof my problem goes away and your wish comes true and he continues to look through her things and he finds a photo of lincoln <laughs> which hits a you know it hits her dead on and he's like oh you apparently have people you care about blah 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 but yeah blah gross um and she brings up what she found out about the gangs and she's like don't you think it's weird that the skinheads are working with the chinese that's not normal um, <laughs> she's like don't you want to know like don't you want to dig deeper and he she's like we're the same and he's like we're not we i am not what you are i'm not in She's like, you're enhanced. You just said that we are not that different. And then she's like, like 10 seconds ago, you said it. I swear you said it. <laughs> like, because no, he did say it. It was pretty funny. No, that was very, it was very human. Dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that she would say. So it's, it. so anyway, she tries, she's trying to convince him like, okay, don't just like go for your vengeance and whatever the devil is telling you to do, like look deeper at this. Like, um, and she mentioned something about something was stolen from a lab in Pasadena and he perks up. He's like, what do you, what did you say? And instead of like, asking for more being like hey come with me he just tapes her mouth shut with duct tape and leaves <laughs> and she quakes out of her ropes even though her arm is broken and she launches herself and jumps on the top of his car and he is driving off onto the streets of los angeles like no one would notice a car on fire he lights his car on fire and she jumps off and she's like fuck and so she lost him um at the lab another ghosty has come out of the box and apparently we can't hear what he's saying and neither can the other ghosts and so they're like okay he's got it the worst which was kind of funny <laughs> and um he's one super of the, ghosty <laughs> yeah, one of the ghosts is like trying to break ranks and he's like no i don't want to like i don't want to like you know oh i skipped something Oh, so before this ghost came out of the box, another one came out of the box in another in another scene. And that ghost is like, you shouldn't have used the dark hole. And the lady ghost is like, well, the book can fix us. And then we're going to find it and we're going to kill him. And we don't know who any of these people are at this point, but um, we'll learn soon. <laughs> so this is the first time that the dark hold is mentioned. Um, and so the ghost that's breaking ranks is like, no, I don't want to fix anything. I wanted to destroy this lab. Like, this is what I want to do. And he's just like on a rampage. He's like, I don't want to work with you people. Um, meanwhile, May is freaking the fuck out, walking around the base. Like everybody looks like a crazy, like ghost person. And the tour, meanwhile, has entered the lab and Simmons walks in. She's obviously late. And she's like, sorry, I'm 15 minutes late. Like, ha, ha, ha. Um, and she's, um, there's like a, a, a 
like a computer screen that's the surveillance of the containment room. And she's like, oh, it's dealing with something in the containment room. It's fine. And Mace is like, oh, we should go look at the containment room, blah, blah, blah. And he starts talking about it. And Coulson is like standing off to the side and he kind of goes to look at the screen and he sees that the Chinese dude is like being let out on a stretcher. And Coulson's like, maybe that's not the best idea, director. And Mace kind of catches on and he's like, let's go take a look at a Quinjet. Has, ever, and has anyone ever been on a live Quinjet? And everybody gets excited and they leave. So, you know, he's on to things. I feel like he's not a completely awful dude. But anyway, Simmons mentions that May was there. Um, and she's like, have you seen her? And Coulson's like, oh, shit. Um, Meanwhile, Mac and Fitz are wandering around the lab in Pasadena, and Fitz finds that there's an electric spike behind the door of a locked room. And so Mac just like knocks the lock off and they enter and there's no ghosts, but that machine is still on and Fitz is kind of checking out the tech. And then a ghost shows up behind Fitz and Mac is like, oh shit, like what the fuck? <laughs> like, and Fitz is like, hey, don't let them touch you um, because <laughs> the same, you'll start being crazy. And so another one shows up. <laughs> And they're like talking and they're like, oh shit, like, what do we do? And then one of the ghosts shoves Mac into that machine and locks it. And Fitz is like, we can help you. And the other ghost is like, no, you can't. And apparently they can be corporeal sometimes. It's very strange. These are not regular ghosts. <laughs> Whatever ghost, there's because a regular ghost is a thing, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, maybe- like, 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 they're on a sheet. <laughs> they don't have two little holes in it. They're Weird. Not going, Ooh. <laughs> I, they have not once asked for uh, Halloween candy. Right. <laughs> not like my experience. <laughs> so May is in the locker room, like freaking out. She's like opened everybody's lockers and is tearing shit apart. And Colson walks in. He's like, "What you doing?" Huh? And she's like, "Something. So, there, something's here. Someone brought something in." And she's like looking through everybody's stuff. She's trying to find whatever was brought in. He's like, "You know, um, let's go to the lab because we have blood samples of everybody's <laughs> blood, and maybe we can see like who got infected, and we can find out." And she's like, "Okay, okay." And so she's like walking to the lab, and. Um, she start. She walks past. I think it's like the training room, and like everybody's like her entire team is standing in there, and a bunch of other people, and they all have the ghost faces or the crazy, scary faces. And she's like, "Why do you want me to go to the lab?" Blah blah blah. And she gets all suspicious, and she starts freaking out and like beating everybody up. She like knocks Colson down like three times, and like nobody can take her down. And so May, Director Mace shows up, and she starts punching at him, and he doesn't move. He is very, very strong. He like lifts her up and knocks her out. And apparently the new director is an inhuman quote. <laughs> is he? I yeah, don't know. Spo- spoilers. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Colson's like, too bad you can't put that on the tour. And Mays is like, yet. Um, meanwhile, Mac is still trapped in this machine and the machine is getting ready to, to go off. Like Fitz is trying to figure out how to turn it off. And this ghost tries to goes to grab at Fitz and he's like, no. And then it, <laughs> Robbie shows up, and he turns into oh, Ghost Rider. Oh, so cool! Like, oh, like, like, so like you, cool. Like, even though Robbie's hand grabbing the ghost doesn't look anything like the ghost hand reaching for Fitz the one second before, like it's it's done so quickly. Mm-hmm. You are still just like, like you gasp when that hand goes yeah. on, it, even, and then even it while you're his... processing that it's him. Yeah, yeah. And then it pans his face, and he slowly turns into Ghost Rider, and then so it goes good. back to Fitz and Mac, and they're both just 
Mac looks so like what the fuck ghosts and like a skull flaming skull man like where are we <laughs> like and I, I don't remember what the dialogue is coming up in the next couple episodes but I, I remember there's some classic Mac lines about <laughs> him being the ghost skull man like just being like come on guys yeah. like, like, like why are we still acting like ghosts aren't real when that guy was was like was here the other day like we were all here you I all know. know what happened. Oh, it's like, funny. Even in this moment, like the reactor is about to go off and Fitz is trying to open the door and he can't get it open. And Mac is like, I really wish our, ro- our roles were reversed right now. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Daisy shows up just in time. She gets Mac out. Robbie kills the ghost somehow. He like grabs it and just disappears. And then as Ghost Rider, he, sto- he walks up to this, this like uh, cork board, sees a photo, grabs it and just leaves. And then... <laughs> And Daisy's just standing there. Everybody's just kind of standing there like, what the fuck? And Max starts to go out after him. And Daisy's like, no, 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 it's okay. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Maybe don't do that. Yeah. And so (laughs) we're back. (laughs) She's like, no, fine. He'll be okay. Um, And we know he has too much guilt about shit. Like, you got to think about, like, I always think think Ghost Rider rules have got to be something like other religious related villains and, Mm -hmm. and, and supernatural entities and whatnot. One of my favorite rules in vampire fiction and some versions of it. I, I was first introduced in a comic by Umberto Ramos and, uh, uh, and Brian Augustin called crimson about a, a little kid in, or a teenage kid in Manhattan who becomes like this, like, I think his name is Alex Wilder maybe, but he ends up becoming this like destined, like vampire, like, like savior. Like, he's going to save all vampires and <laughs> vampires basically aren't bad guys. Vampire Jesus. As, yeah. Oh, for sure. And like, like, like the, co-writer and creator and artist and Ramos is like um a Mexican American uh comic creator and really really talented and he had this one character like who was his best friend and guide in the vampire world who was a Mexican and indigenous uh dude named Crazy Joe who's just like fa- fantastically like entertaining and well-written character who's covered in like facial tattoos like 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 because he was like this hundreds year old like eccentric vampire guy but he was he was <laughs> fascinating and, and one of the best parts of the story but they introduced a character who was this uh sidekick like to like their vampire villain and he was he, who was a senator and he was his like he was like his political aide and he always reminded me of uh the way he was drawn as like david spade at the time on just <laughs> shoot me like he was like this yeah. skinny little twerpy evil guy and at one point uh he's fighting someone and they try to use a crucifix on him and he goes, <laughs> he goes, I was Jewish. <laughs> Maybe if you had a star of David, like that doesn't have any effect on me. Mm-hmm. And like, 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 and I, I like the idea that like, it's tied to your own belief system on some level. Yeah. And like, it feels like in a weird way, then because of every character in this, like that it would, it will affect or could affect Mac the most deeply of the characters yeah. we know. And, and Yo-Yo as well, you know, because they have an actual faith system, whereas the other well, characters seem separate from that. I didn't even think about this, but the fact that Robbie is Chicano and he it's like there's this like religious imagery associated with this and the fact that like Catholicism is so huge in the Latinx culture in general, like all around the world is like significant too. I think. Well, and, and Saint Death is such an important figure who yeah. is it like who is a religious figure of a, a woman with the 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 uh, with the skull face, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 in mm-hmm. Mexican American culture, there's a lot there that I only know a little bit about, you know, yeah, and, and am fascinated by. And I think like it was a really good choice, like when yeah. they made, and, and it was the second time that they tried to 
pass on the Ghost Rider legacy to uh, a Latinx character before. Uh, there's this, uh, a character named Alejandra who was a South American and Latina Ghost Rider who had the mantle for several years or for, for over a year. They, tr- they tried to make her, her book successful for sure at the time, but it was also, I think, when Sony was maybe doing the second Ghost Rider movie. Like, I don't know. It was like conflicting. The world wasn't ready for it. <laughs> Apparently. Nick Cage wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> like, not, not out of vindictiveness, I think, as much as just Some like over-eagerness over yeah. to play. Yeah. And I tweeted out earlier today when we were recording this, actually, uh, a couple weeks ago when people will listen. But uh, and there's a movie called Drive Angry. Are you familiar with it at all? No, I'm not. <laughs> Nicolas Cage was in it. It's a movie. It starts and he's got to save his daughter or something, blah, blah. But he's in hell and he's got to escape hell. So he steals the devil's gun called the God Killer and the devil's like like muscle car and drives it out of hell. And that's the premise of the movie. Like Basically... It's Basically a version Ghost of Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah. like he, he didn't have the rights to do Ghost Rider anymore. He's just like, hey, guys, what if we do Ghost Rider? And they're like, oh, no, you can't do that anymore. Okay, but I'm going to do it anyway, okay? Yeah. And, his friends just, and his friend's just like, okay, I guess we got to do it. Like, what I guess, Nick like, Cage wants, he gets, I guess. He's going to do it with or without us. Like, we might as well help him. So he just made it a Ghost Rider movie anyway. He, he loves the character, and he's a, he's a nut. Yeah, his son is named Kal-El, and I know, I know a couple other people all who work in comics with equally weird names for their kids, but like he named his kid Kal-El after Superman yeah. and, and his stage name, like, cause he's a Coppola. His, the reason why yeah. he's Nicolas Cage is because he loves Luke Cage. Just cause yeah. Power Man was his favorite character as a kid. Like, so more he's power to him. He is. He's like the original, I don't care if it's <laughs> ner- nerdy or whatever, dude. The rest yeah. of the world caught up with superhero stuff, yeah, but that's true. But he will never catch up to him in way he's weird because no. <laughs> he's, he's so- super weird we well did we talk about this just what we were recording now or last episode where there's like it, it his character he, he as a as Ghost Rider potentially might come into the story later this yeah, season right. like, and implied. we only see really briefly but I love thinking that it's the same version yeah <laughs> it's very it's very interesting um so anyway, um, Daisy goes on the Quinjet with Mac and Fitz, and um, Mac is bandaging up her wrists. And Mac is like, what the fuck? Who is this skull guy? Like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, you're running with, like, serial killers now? Like, please, please don't do this. And he's like, Daisy, come home with us. We have this, like, medication that you could use. And then he realizes the medication that's missing from inventory is like what she, she needs is the one that she needs and she's been getting them somehow and he realizes that it, he's been bringing it to her and he feels super betrayed she won't even look at him in the eye and so now he knows that yo-yo has been in touch with Dave. she hasn't said anything to him either so it's like everybody's like nobody trusts each other and then fitz is like and, and and Mac is just like, why? Why won't you come home with us? And Fitz is like, uh, because she turned our back on us. Like something terrible happened and she didn't want to ha- want our help getting through it. Well, guess what? Terrible things have happened to all of us and we never turned our backs on each other. And she, which is like, wow. Okay. Fitz. Yeah. He is. He can say that for sure. <laughs> like he's been through terrible shit. Um, and she, all she has to say is I'm doing what I need to do. And Max says it still affects us like it or not. And this scene is everybody is just like on the verge of tears. There's so much like love and also betrayal in this scene. It is so sad. And she just says, thank you and leaves. <laughs> 
Uh, meanwhile, the tour is still going on on the base, and we <laughs> yeah, go from this really emotional scene to the silly tour going on. Um, and Colson takes a photo of Mace with all these politicians, and everybody looks happy. And um, uh, you know, they leave, and then Colson and, and Mace are walking down this tunnel, and Colson's like, "Hey, you know, I, have, I think I have a way to help May." And Mace is like, "No, no, no, we're good. We got it taken care of." And he's like. Yeah, but like I, you know, I, I have like firsthand expertise, you know, I could help you. And and Mace is like, look, this was your idea to step down and to have someone, a powered individual as, you know, director that could be the face of S.H.I.E.L.D. And um, he says that he knows that Coulson can't be objective with Daisy and May. And that's why he's shutting him out of everything that's going on with them. Yeah, he says that he says I really do like respect you as an advisor, and I will. Yeah. He's like I, he's like says the equivalent of I, I will follow your lead on everything except this because your judgment is compromised. And, and honestly, like it's so frustrating because he 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 has like it's something that's funny because I think Adrian Pazdar played a similar role maybe in Heroes mm-hmm. where it's like he's not evil, but he does have just like because he's a successful politician, you know, he's, you know, he's done bad shit. Slimy thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just a grimy skeevy vibe where even when they're, even when you feel like they're looking at you and smiling and they're only talking to you, you know, what awful things have you done to get in power? Like like Bill Clinton or something, you know, it's like, like, I know you're a scumbag dude. Like, I don't care how charming you are. And he is charming and he, he's saying the right things. But, and and again, like we know where it goes. He's not evil. He's not a Mm -hmm. bad guy. But there is skeevy shit going on still. And, and yeah. they do a good job. I think it's a combination of casting and direction and everything. And then and you definitely think the way it's written. But but they, they do a good job of, of building this character, I think, the way we're supposed to be reading him. Where it's like yeah. we want to trust him, but we just can't quite get the feeling why we can't. And it's weird because, like, he's not wrong about no, any of right. this. <laughs> right? He is absolutely right. We talk about this all the time, how Coulson can't be objective and he's himself that like he has soft spots and he has blind spots for his team and so there's a good reason why they're all split up and it's still in this scene like the look on colson's face it is painful to watch this because you're like no like colson knows what to do those are his friends but like no like he needs to not be on the case like Mace is right, but so there are instances where the oh. day would be a say would have been saved faster if he was not involved. Like, right? like not, not a- <laughs> There's a lot of things that probably wouldn't have happened. Like we wouldn't have gotten to this point if Colson was not in charge. <laughs> like for a lot of Oh, but for sure. Like like, just, like he's I'm so not conflict- perfect. I'm so conflicted as a viewer because it's like my loyalty obviously is to Colson because he's the best. And there's like this new guy that we don't know as a character and we don't trust him who's saying these things that are absolutely right objectively. But it's like, no, but you're hurting Colson's feelings. Like, <laughs> like, so it's weird to feel this like defensiveness, but also like know that like he should absolutely be in the place that he's at. Yeah. And it's, it's a definitely, I think, written world. Like it's a, it's a great setup for this season and for this dynamic. It's, it's, it's the same way we've talked about, when we talk about like the eternal suffering of Fitz and, and Simmons as a couple mm-hmm. like it's like it's something that's very frustrating to us but it is it's very well written like they yeah. know they know how to do this and pull it off well and it's all familiar stuff and maybe even like I don't know cliched in, in some areas but because of the strength of Coulson you know and as a character and the acting Clark Gregg like it really like you say they sell it in a way where it, it feels very authentic it's we we feel emotionally conflicted because like you said everything mace is saying makes sense and omara is cast perfectly as the smarmy skeevy 
undertones from a guy who has he looks like a fucking leading man jawline guy who like <laughs> like like it's like oh i'm supposed to trust that guy but at the same time you're like boo there's something off and like and he's just good he, uh, he he's is too good at what he's doing yeah we've talked nobody's before that, nobody's that good nobody's that nice like something's off <laughs> right he's a little apple pie like like he's mm-hmm. pretending to be steve rogers mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and there's something to that but i'll talk about our comics it's really perfect and yeah. i and, and i just want to actually bring up- that's brought up in this conversation like now that steve rogers is a wall like they some they need someone to be the head of shield that is like powered and powerful and like can you know not have all this complicated you know history yeah they basically say he's a stand-in like they would have preferred it to be steve rogers but he you know went against them basically or whatever like without 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 pay- saying it in those words and yeah. it, it 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 makes me think really briefly uh i wanted to mention before we recorded and whatnot we've talked about it he reminds me a little bit of our guy we love to hate luke mitchell yeah. because he has been on a show in 2002, 2003 called The Agency. And he was on The Closer. And he was on mm-hmm. uh, what show? Life on Mars, a remake of a British show that's really, really great. He was in an awful American version with Harvey Keitel. He was on Steven Spielberg's show about what if we saved the future by going into the dinosaur past called Terra Nova. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, he yeah, was on, I right? He was on Vegas. <laughs> Right? He was on several directed video. Uh, oh, it's a uh, complications and then Agents of Shield, and now oh, just more recently he was in The Man in the High Castle. So he's been in a bunch, a bunch of, uh, of of TV shows. Like they push him, like they push push Luke Mitchell. Somebody really likes him, and I think to be fair too, I think he's probably better than Luke Mitchell. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I think he is for sure. <laughs> it's weird uh, how much. It's weird how many chances he compared to some people who I see once. Who then I never see again. Who like, hey, maybe they're a, a Latina actor, or uh, you know, or yeah. a, a queer black woman, or something like like like. Yeah. Those those people, how are Asian voices and South Asian uh, actors like? They don't get an infinite number of chances. Yeah. Are really square jawed Irish dudes do like, like literally? Yeah. But I uh, I want to tap into what we were talking about before we started recording our last yeah. episode because we were like we, at first I was kind of like well. Like, why didn't they cast him as, like, a man of color or a woman of color or just, like, a woman in general? It's, like, annoying that they cast another white dude. But as we go on through this season, there's, like, subtext and, like, elements to his character where it's, like, if Coulson would have been at odds with a man of color or a woman of color, it would have been really, like, ooh, really gross. Yeah, and, and then, then also, like, yeah, the, the, what, we, what we talked about with the human, not really inhuman, it's it's sort of like a, almost like a Rachel Dolezal sort of situation. If you yeah. think about it as them appropriating and having a straight cis, you know, white man take the position of, of a, of a marginalized group, you know, yeah. it was like under the threat of government registration and, and, you know, and incarceration and, and concentration camps and everything. It's like, these yeah. are disgusting prospects and it's made even more disgusting but at the same time, like if they made that a person of color or a woman, like that's a little bit more gross even yeah. still because then they're like putting the, that on one of those few roles that yeah. they're given. And the fact that he's like a white dude, it's like, oh, yeah, of course, like like that's something that like, you know, white people love to be oppressed. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Who's who's most likely to. Yeah, it's there's like a lot of nuance. <laughs> I, I don't know if like the writers intended for that or the people 
cast him intended for that but like looking at it from that lens like there is a lot of nuance to that casting and that character so it's interesting so it's it like seems, okay it seems like knowing too how much thought like we, we try not to give them credit that they don't deserve but it seems like the cast whoever's doing their casting director position in general and uh and mo and jed do a pretty good job of seems like of trying to take a lot of that stuff into account and they do a good job of having characters for the most part have backgrounds that uh are reflected you know with the actors who, who portray mm -hmm. them so mm -hmm. i i think we can't know for certain but it seems like maybe they were avoiding something weird because they they yeah. they do a pretty good job like it seems like in general they try <laughs> at least they try a lot harder than a lot of creators do yeah yeah for sure i feel like they just you know i feel like maybe they learned step from season one with um victoria hand yeah you don't want to like, kill off your uh well your and also just putting <laughs> her at odds with colson is like not that great either um he's like trying to undermine this like woman who's you know a powerful lesbian woman <laughs> yeah and then she ends up getting killed off anyway and she and was so, one of the only people who wasn't bad yeah uh, yeah no yeah, like, it's like, bad like, like, all around. Um, if he was trying to sneak around under a, uh, uh, if we had another person of the cal caliber of Edward James, almost like let's say we had, uh, I'm trying to think, of, of some somebody off the top of my head. Um, oh, uh, I'm gonna, I, I, I know I would screw up her name, but from the Expanse. Oh, Show Ray. Um, uh, it's the last name I, I know. Ash, I would mess up. Ash. From oh, I, can, I can never remember how to say her last name, but Shorey. <laughs> yes, she, the person actress. <laughs> she would be an incredible asset to the show, and oh, yeah. and and as a character of authority along the line of who I always refer to as an admiral to the commander right? that, uh, that, that, <laughs> that, that Edward James almost portrayed. I feel like very similarly, like like she could have had that kind of a role with with that gravitas, or like like, like or even a villainous one like Talbot. Mm -hmm. But it would have to be someone like Talbot who had more complexity and who wasn't. I don't know. E e I don't know. Like like it sucks. Like like because she could do a good job, but just like this role of Jeffrey Mace, like I feel like Talbot or Mace with them constantly coming at odds, that would suck if one of the few chances we get for these characters, and maybe it's compounded because we've never said it in a bad way. And it's not a bad thing that, uh, uh, Jia Ying was uh, bad, I think in the end, but yeah. if that happened again, <laughs> yeah. if we had Reina, Ying, and then yeah. another woman of color as a main bad guy, yeah. that'd be pretty shitty. Yeah. Like it'd just be a little weird. Like, yes, there are there are women of color who are awesome and and powerful and heroic in this show, but just all your bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> like that would that would be a weird tendency. I It'd know. be weird for them to constantly butt heads. As yeah. it is, and not they're, even they're, necessarily they're balanced. And not even necessarily bad guys, but people that are just like at odds with our our main cast. The like, con sources of conflict. Yeah, exactly. It's like ugh. And overall, look they, at all they, that. overall they've been pretty balanced when you think about it because because Reina was three dimensional and wasn't you know mm -hmm. just bad, and even Jia Ying, like there were legitimate reasons you know yeah. right well, what, also what? it's like there's more than one asian woman on the show and so, like you like dragon lady stereotype or anything like that like she complex like with a lot going on and like you know her this conflict with her daughter and like with may as like the other mother figure like there's a whole there was a whole thing there it was much more complicated i mean they did a, a few missteps with with jaying i feel um but overall, it was like I think it was very well done, and like a lot of thought went into that. 
villain yeah. role. <laughs> oh, no. And and you've dis- discussed it, I think, at length really well. Like about uh, overall, you're. It seems like you're okay with the character for sure. But but you've gone into like the missteps and and how they could have done it better and and the good things about our character as well. It's like I, I think that's what, that's what I meant when we. We don't. We don't ever try to give them credit they don't deserve, but we acknowledge the hard work that creators mm-hmm. put in. You know, like because they yeah. don't. They're not perfect. No one is. Yeah. No media is going to be perfect, and like I don't think that's the goal. It's just we're just trying to make people be thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> think, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody's like um, you have to make perfect media for everyone every time. I know. Like, <laughs> expectation. I mean- Crazy Rich Asians was not perfect. Black Panther was not perfect. There were still things going on in both those films, even though they're like all black cast or an all Asian cast, all Asian creators, all black creators. It's like there's still stuff that was like not great in both <laughs> that could be improved. But you know, nothing's perfect, like you said. Um, let me finish up this. There's yes, only like yes. two scenes left. So um the last two scenes is uh May is strapped to a um a gurney and she's going fucking crazy. She's like trying to get out of these restraints and she's in the Quinjet with like the politicians. Is that yeah. right? I think so. But why? I don't understand. <laughs> I was really confused. I was like, what the fuck? I was, I don't know. That's the weirdest choice in the whole episode. It's the weirdest. But obviously, plot, plot obviously something that comes back. Right. As something it has, to, has to be some reason, but I can't think of what it, what it is. I know. I can't remember. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, the very last scene is Daisy goes to her van after night and it does not start. And she's like, ah, oh, fuck. And so she's like walking away and, and Robbie pulls up in his car and he's like, hey, you want to know what the connection is between the gangs and all this shit that's going on? He's like, I think it's me. Um, and he opens the door and she gets in the car and now they're going to be partners. Yay. Awesome. The season really began. <laughs> I know. And oh, my God, the music, like everything about this. This episode is, was so fucking good. Like the way that they set up Mace, the way that they set up Robbie and just like the plot that's going to unravel with like the dark hold and all that shit. And Ada, like, I guess that was the last episode, but whatever. It's, well, no, it's, I mean, it's still happening for sure. Yeah. And, and, and it's almost like this wasn't a two part episode, but it it was one where like it kind of took the second episode to really kick into gear. Yeah, because we didn't know who the new director was. Yeah, uh, what Robbie's deal was really like it's, it's definitely buying here. It's good. Also, like Daisy just having to, you know, confront her friends, I guess, and have them call her out on her bullshit. <laughs> and that's I don't know. That was that was rough, but we needed to see it, it needed to happen. Okay, so here's some crazy comic connections. Oh my god, <laughs> Jeffrey Mace is a character who was created a long time ago. He was originally. He's a reporter. He's a superhero. No powers. He's from Brooklyn. World War II is happening. Like a lot of characters at the time, uh, Ray Gill and Sid Green, who created him, they were like, hey, what if this guy was just like, I hate these Nazis too. So he puts on a costume and goes beats up Nazis as a superhero. <laughs> and he was one of many. As one does. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's so many characters that are basically Captain America. Captain America, yeah. the shield over at uh, uh, Red Circle or uh, comics, which is also Archie, which, uh, mm-hmm. is, which we all know from. Archie and <laughs> Riverdale. And <all> <laughs> uh, but so in human torch comics, number four in spring of 1941, he first appeared as the Patriot. It was his code name later on uh, when they were trying to figure out how to undo the fact that Captain America had become 
a super racist, like, 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 like there were some really anti-black issues and some just, just general, like he was just anti-communist to a level, like during the communist witch hunts in the fifties, there were a few issues that Captain America published. And at the time, this is just Steve Rogers and Bucky because they had never retired. They, they kept fighting. Com- they were published less and less frequently after world war two, after they became less popular and they eventually became racist, uh, anti-communist assholes. When, when uh, he was thought out and Stan and Jack were working on him again yeah. in the future, when they decided they wanted to bring him back, they're like, Hey, what we're going to do is explain that that was not him. <laughs> Our Captain America. And they, and they wrote the story that's from the movies that we know where uh, Bucky, they, they wrote him off as having been seriously thrown into the, you know, thrown from the drone, drone plane bomb thing and died. So, so in their version, he died and later on turns out he survived, but, but they made it to where cap was frozen from, the end of world war two until the early sixties for, right. uh, you know, still just, just under 20 years. And that was the storyline they changed and they had to explain who were these other captain Americas? Who was captain America <laughs> yeah. for the rest of world war two? Who was yeah. captain America and all these stories we have. So until like pre fifties, a couple different heroes replaced him. I think the first one was a guy named William Naslin by the spirit of 76. I think, I think it was the first one. He might've been the third one. One of those replacements was Jeffrey Mace and they had him replace him. They had him marry uh, the character who became Bucky's replacement uh, named Golden Girl, who was named Betsy Ross and who was <laughs> Captain America's sidekick in the comics at the time. And in the story, like at one point, some other character shot Fred Davis. They paralyzed his Rob or his, his, his Bucky. Uh, and then she, she replaced him as his sidekick when, with another villain a new bucky yeah <laughs> so many Buckies. or didn't i think didn't paralyze him just hurt him and again yeah like his code name was bucky which was short for james buchanan barnes it'd be I like, know. It'd be so like hi my, my name is fred davis i'm the superhero steve my <laughs> superhero <laughs> identity is stevie whatever but uh but yeah so he ended up marrying uh one of steve rogers love interests this character betsy ross who then her nephew uh, is Thaddeus Ross, who is the Hulk's ex-father-in-law. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so in the comic books, this guy is related to the Hulk because comic Great. books are superly weirdly because everybody's uh, related somehow. Yeah. Yeah. If you go back far enough, everybody's related. Like, oh, did you hear that characters from this this place? Then everyone who's ever been to that place is also related <laughs> to them. Like, it's, it's just how it works. But he never like had powers in the comics and. As well, we'll soon find out here, he also yeah. doesn't have powers. I he's, was going to say. He's, ju- he's juicing. He's mm-hmm. taking, a, I think, the equivalent of the what in the comics is called human or mutant mm-hmm. growth hormone. It's like human growth hormone, but for mutants, it makes you have superpowers. Is it's basically name, the same thing. Is his name the Patriot in the show? I believe you? they do call him that. Okay. And like in his origin story, ooh, I just remembered what, what – what his version of the human or not the human of the mutant growth hormone was it's Zabo's formula or Zabo. It's a, it's Daisy's dad. Uh, But so he uses a a distilled version of it. So they don't have to give him a prosthetic torso. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's in the show or that's in the comics? No, in the, in the show they use Yeah. They use Zabo's formula. That's what they use to simulate his inhuman powers. I, well, I didn't remember that. He's just, but, hmm, okay. but but he is what he called. He is referred to as the Patriot. And I remember in his origin, it was some attack uh, 
during the Sokovia Accords, like ratifying when they had everyone like negotiating stuff after uh, like the the events of Captain America Civil War. And in Vienna, someone uh, attacked and there was Mm -hmm. like a bunch of rubble flying and stuff. And it looked like he saved someone, but he really tripped. And yeah. accidentally saved someone. Wasn't that kind of what happened in the show too? Like, no, no, this is the show. What? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm you're confusing me. Well, <laughs> I keep thinking that you're talking about the comments. No, no, no. The only thing, the only thing, uh, the only thing in the comics is like he was just a reporter, and they picked okay. him at random because they're like, oh, he's a patriotic superhero. We need to replace Cap because he's frozen or whatever, missing. I, I, I can't figure out how that works. I have to reread that stuff. <laughs> I reread that. I read that all like between the ages of like eight and 20 right. like three or four times but it's been so long now and like yeah. you can't figure out what logic roy thomas used <laughs> the one he's the guy who wrote why all this Steve stuff needed to be replaced well like- i know why he did because they'd already had to be frozen and they wanted to have all the, all the, all the other stories that took mm-hmm. place in the 40s and 50s add up because the fine the final guy who was the bad one i think they did name him eventually but he became the grand director and his partner was Jack Monroe, and he legally, he was a, a history professor who he's the only one of these replacements who also had the super soldier serum because he mm. figured out the secret to the super soldier serum, something the government has never been able to do. <laughs> some literally, history professor figured it out. Yeah, because he was the biggest Captain America fanboy. It's some sort of oh weird God. letter to asshole fans, like, and not written ironically because Roy Thomas was the, was the original fanboy who became. He at one point he edited the editor in chief of both DC and then later Marvel or I can't remember which one first, but he did both. Like, like, he's one of the only people to ever do that. He's nuts how how many comics he's written and how many of his favorite characters he got to like rewrite their origins or tweak mm-hmm. around with or whatnot. But he tried to solve all the like, these quote unquote problems and and uh, the only character who actually had superpowers was this fanboy who who with all of his fanboy research discovered the super soldier serum. He had plastic surgery to look like Steve Rogers. Oh my God. And he tracked down <laughs> a kid who looked like Bucky and it was one of his students. And that's so had, creepy. Oh, it's so creepy. That's so but creepy. He's basically got the same origin story as Winter soldier before they ever decided to have Bucky survive where he was frozen and, and they thaw him out and used him as an assassin and whatnot. And he became this hero nomad. And when Ed Brubaker brought back, Bucky, I feel like he sort of acknowledged that he just ripped off the origin story for this this character, Jack Monroe, who became Nomad, because one of the first things Bucky did as Winter Soldier when they introduced him before uh, he was like broken from his programming, mm-hmm. where he was he, the first time he'd been thought out in years since the Cold War or whatever, he killed Jack Monroe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this guy who's basically the same a, a more weird convoluted comic booky conversion of the same idea mm-hmm. and just make this idea slightly better and he yeah. did he did he made it he made it able to happen in a movie instead yeah. of able to happen over 60 years of comics that are written by mistake to explain things <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's crazy so that's my weird weird ass comic connection the other one is the dark hold which is a magic book we're going to learn more about it it's it's all sorts of things. It has a lot to do with Sithon, who's like an ancient, an elder god, which has to do with like weird H.P. Uh, Lovecraft shit, and also just to do a lot to do with Morgan Le Fay and like classic, you know, Arthurian legend. Uh, it has to do with vampires a bunch. Uh, 
but it was created by Jerry Conway and Mike Plug and first appeared in Marvel Spotlight number four in June of 1972. Its origins are all tied to this guy named Jack Russell, who I'm pretty sure I mentioned before, who's yes, Werewolf you by Night. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> Jack Russell Terrier turns into a werewolf. Uh, great guy. Uh, but yeah, he has all sorts of crap to do. Like, I think his family are the people who smuggled the Dark Hold into America. So thanks a lot, Jack Russell. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we'll see more of him and or not him, but the, of the, the Darkhold uh, very shortly in the show, and I'll, we'll talk more about the comics connections, potentially. Uh, the only other little hint, we got mention of his uncle. Mm-hmm. His uncle is a connection to all this stuff. Daisy mentioned it, which should we, so we know he came up in her research, and that's going to be a big comic connection to the character, to, to the, the differences in the versions of Ghost Rider, and uh, he, he, he appears in the show and is a vastly different character comic but we'll discuss that when he shows up in a couple episodes i think yeah i think so i'm very interested in that because it's super different i think we've talked about it before and it was like i think when it happened we talked about it but it's been like a couple years so it's exciting to go (laughs) go back i know and i don't remember so even better i i I do remember because of how weird shit is it feels like i don't like i'm like that can't possibly be it (laughs) like nope Yep, I'm gonna read it, and it's gonna be exactly as weird, or maybe a little weirder. <laughs> like I, I may have simplified it in my recollection, as I occasionally oh do. Sometimes I just forget that something was so incomprehensibly weird. So later on, a, a writer had to do something to explain it, and I just mm-hmm. remember the explanation. So occasionally, when I get these discussions with other super comic nerds, they're like, "Wait, what about this?" I'm like, "Oh man, I blocked that." because that's extra <laughs> bizarre. too weird because <laughs> that was the time that uh lesbian comedian became a centaur and that actually happened in supergirl <laughs> supergirl character comet the super horse uh super horse yeah super horse is a is a weird like centaur but has like a sort of alien horse face thing with i think oh, maybe no pegasus oh, no. wing <laughs> and ice powers no. is also a named andy his friends a Supergirl and I think was married to uh, her friend Cutter before she came out. <laughs> On that note. These are the comics <laughs> I read as a kid. I love my parents so much that they're like. They just let this you. Like- yeah, just like, this, all, this all sounds right to me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. This, will, this, will, this is great for Jared's formative years. <laughs> well, then I think about the stuff they watch, which is a bunch of cowboy shit in the 50s yeah, and 60s. It's like, I, I feel like I probably got off better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least I think about weird stuff. I know. I know. (laughs) All right. Let's end there and we can talk about uh, all this stuff. Bobby's uncle. Probably not. I think, I feel like it's next episode. Ooh, really? Oh, awesome. I'm excited. It's vastly different stuff in the comics for sure. Like, like, and just the way it's what makes Robbie's ghostwriter kind of unique too, compared Mm -hmm. to other versions of him. I like that though. All righty. Where can people find you? People can find me at I Snow Nothing. Uh, I'm guessing when this comes out, I'll be, oh man, I'll be right on time. Getting ready to see Rise of Skywalker and be disappointed <gasps> that it's not yeah. heavily featuring Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> My preemptive review is not enough. Not enough. If baby there's Yoda. any, still not enough. Because <laughs> right. they've kept them out of promotion. So I, um, I know. Oh my God. Can you uh, imagine if he shows up somehow? It, what the fuck? But, 
but it would make perfect sense for him to show up because he's right? only 50. Like, he, like, like he, with the, with that time that's happened, if he's aged a year and 50 years, he's, he wouldn't even be two. In that movie yeah, he'd out. still be baby. He'd still be so cute. Oh, please include him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If that's just the whole thing, Ray's destiny is to, keep, is to keep that baby safe. Yeah. And uh, and that's the whole plot is Palpatine's ghost or whatever. And, and uh I can't he's trying to capture Baby Yoda. Snow. Yeah, they're just trying to find <laughs> Baby Yoda. Um, did JJ visit the set of The Mandalorian? It's- I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I know did George you- visited. I know, f- I mean, obviously Filoni is working on the yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like somebody else visited. Anyway. Tomorrow, I was going to say it could be like in like old old man makeup. Like, like yeah. Just full Santa beard and long yeah. hair protecting him or something. Or um, Pedro. Because like, like, uh, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess I'm assuming... I, I I'd always assumed it would be a, a different guy under the mask because of weird Star Wars logic. <laughs> I know. Um, I just think it'd be really funny if JJ like was visiting set one day and he's like this puppet, and then he's like, I gotta put <laughs> like and just like steals it for. <laughs> like, I'll bring this movie. back. I promise. <laughs> you give, give me twenty minutes. <laughs> Gotta oh. redo the whole climax of the so good. Or or it's just him spending the day around Hollywood, around his home <laughs> with that puppet. Just giving, talking to it. Like, giving like, baby Yoda the tour of Hollywood. What they say Werner Herzog forgot it was a puppet and also mm-hmm. yelled at them when they <laughs> told called them cowards when yes. they were gonna use CGI. <laughs> it is my favorite thing. Like like right now. I'm really glad I don't have tons of disposable income because if I had if I had uh, like just preposterous amounts of money, I would waste it on something completely worthless because I would pay uh, Paul F. Tompkins to do an impersonation of Werner Herzog because he does <laughs> he does one in his comedy routines. But just do just reading hilarious stuff like reading everyone's tweets about Baby Yoda <laughs> <laughs> oh in the void would just be my I would just I'd pay him indefinitely to do that. That'd be oh my, my new God. favorite thing. Where can people find you? I'm guessing also talking about Baby Yoda and Star Wars around this time. Oh, yes. Uh, you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. And if you're craving Star Wars commentary, uh, I have another podcast called Lousy Beautiful Town, where Star Wars. Uh, and I scream about it a lot and talk about a lot of difficult things that we need to talk about, like racism and white supremacy and the patriarchy and all kinds of things. So. Well, and it, and it's very very good uh, discussion, I think, and important to listen to. And I'm guessing you guys are gonna have a lot of content coming out around yeah. uh, that movie coming out. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Which um, I, I'm I'm honestly I think I probably will guys commentary. On. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested. I'm interested, but I also. I don't want to know everybody's. Opinion. I know. I, just don't I care. <laughs> I know. Same. I've gotten to the point where I only listen to like Rogue Quadrant <laughs> because they're just ridiculous and shit. It's like they have fun of shit posting like the entire episode. So it's like just in good fun and it's just like nonsense. Um, because I just can't take, I can't take it seriously anymore. <laughs> like, no, right? It's like take it too seriously. No, I mentioned I mentioned the. Lucy and Charlie Brown and the football earlier yeah, and yeah. They, they've done that to all of us I think it's like mm-hmm. if if we believed any of it anymore be foolish and, yeah. but we, we know they don't care we want them to change. It's a, I, I feel like that's what's frustrating to me is I see, see people who see 
those like us, I think, and a lot of others who want things to change still and who still talk about it and are like, don't you know they don't care? It's like, yes, I know they don't care, but I still want them to and I want things to change. And they do change. Like you brought up uh, Crazy Rich Asians and and Black Panther. And these are movies that literally could not have been made because of all these stupid bullshit financial reasons. And one of the reasons for Black Panther was the Chinese market. You know, like that they always said, black action movies don't sell here. You can't do them. You can't sell here. You can't do it. Well, guess what? Now they now fuck them. They can't. Yeah. Crazy, crazy diverse ensembles like Fast and Furious and all black cast and all Asian cast, like they can sell fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. So and the only reason that those happen is because people made a stink about it. So if you think that we're gonna be quiet about queer representation or more Asian representation or more black leads or more Latin representation, which is like fucking a dearth of uh, absence of in this country mm-hmm. considering our population and who spends money on movies it's just it, all these reasons like uh, saying oh it's a chinese market isn't going to make me stop caring <laughs> like, yeah. i don't understand and none of the people not you or any or your co-host on, on Leslie beautiful town abbey or anybody who i see posting about star wars issues it's that none of us are asking why don't they care do don't you think they care like, like, what's the reason they're doing these things? None of us are asking for this. Like, no one's helping by pointing out Chinese markets or any of the or any of the bullshit excuses. We all know it's just wh- whether it's here or there or for whatever reason, it's homophobia and we're against it, or it's or it's racism and we're against it. Like, yeah, you have to actively work <laughs> against this bullshit to be anti-racist, anti-homophobic. It's not enough to just be there <laughs> and yeah, doing business as usual. <laughs> you said it perfectly. It's not enough to be not homophobic or not racist you have to be anti-homophobic and anti-racist to actually make a difference like you have to actually fight bad shit yeah yeah (laughs) they're never going to do like like their their point is it makes no sense to me because unless they're happy about it because it's like i know they don't care so what are you saying like like we should just acquiesce and let bad shit happen they're never going to change goodness of heart i feel like they they think that the progress that has happened is because they just throw you a bone, but they don't. They don't just do that every f- few generations. That's not what liberal progress is. It's not. Oh, every once in a while they'll just get nicer. No, like you have to fucking fight tooth and nail for it. Like yeah. revolution. <laughs> weird ending, but I'm happy we got there. <laughs> I know. Um, for Star Wars, for of all things. If I'm you want mad. more, if you want more <laughs> revolution talk. That's right. <laughs> Tune in next episode. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I just um, hope we're happy about Star Wars when it inevitably comes up. When we I kind of feel like I won't be happy, but oh, it's fine. It's whatever. I'll find something to be happy about. Yeah, no, no. I, like, oh, no. And I, 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 I there, that's that's what I'm hoping for. That there'll be something maybe in the in in the new Star Wars movie to be happy about. Yeah. I think overall, I've been soured, you know, and I know yeah. you're feeling it more than I am. So. Yeah, there's been a lot of things that have happened in the marketing, even. Yeah, no, it's just and merchandising and the lack of respect or care or consideration <sighs> is it's uh, unending, and hopefully things get better. It's yeah. weird to be happy. It's weird to like pine for Jeff Loeb, <laughs> right? Like, I wish Jeff Loeb was back, even though he's such a like weirdo. Yeah, like, weird old man. Yeah, who just like, do you remember? Wasn't he like the moderator? Yes, the, and he was super weird old man in it. <laughs> yeah, he was the moderator for the WonderCon panel, for, and he was just like a weird dude. Like, he was just like super sarcastic, just kind of like acted like he didn't want to be there. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah, heck, knowing everything though, maybe he went the right was already on the uh, wall for, for them. Yeah. 
Anyway, you can find this podcast on Twitter at Project Tahiti. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We are on, I always get this confused, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And if you're a browser listener, you can go on butwhythopodcast.com or Podbean to listen. Thank you so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. Are you ready? Yeah. I am. Hey, every- oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a good one. We're going to be punch drunk the whole time and laughing. Oh, God. Starting off great. <laughs>